Hello and welcome to Euractiv's Agri-Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote. And I'm Gerardo Foote. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractiv's Agri-Food News team. This week, we talk about derogations to the common agricultural policy, the debate around the sustainable use of pesticides, and we take a look at how Europe's heat waves are impacting the agriculture sector. Welcome back for another episode of the AgriFood uh, podcast. The last one. The last one. In this season. Today, we have a very special guest, our great reporter, Natasha Foot. <laughs> You might have forgotten me because I haven't been around for the last couple of episodes, but I am, in fact, not going anywhere. Sorry, everyone. I am here to stay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even for the next season. No? Even for the next season, which, as we were discussing before, is season four of yeah. the Agri-Food podcast. Indeed, indeed. Which is just like, what did you say, Gerardo? <laughs> it's like Stranger Things. Just like Stranger Things. I and it's just it. as good and as widely loved as Stranger Things as well. Yeah, yeah. We're going to also have a, a main song that we're going to oh. sing for the entire season. Gosh. Yeah. I'd really enjoy seeing you sing Running know. Up That Hill. <laughs> no, it's another one. It's another one. It has to be uh, an agri-food. Uh, okay. Like, you know, the famous uh, Big Red Tractor, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. this kind of country song. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see what you come yeah. up with. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it has to be, the, you know, the, the light motif. So we're, we're going to use it for the entire season. Mm, big promises. We'll yeah. make sure you come back in season four to hear Gerardo's song. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, who knows if I'll be there. What? <laughs> Good one. Good joke, good joke. Don't scare the people like this. They scared, scared. But um, no, we actually, as you said, the last... Um, uh, the last episode of the season, also because uh, nothing's going to happen. In <laughs> well, you say nothing's going to happen, but actually, considering, uh, you know, no, obviously everything's true. winding down in Brussels, we're heading for summer, everyone's going on their holidays, but we are, there's just as many things going on in the agriculture sector. I know, I know. It is, if anything else, it's heating up. <laughs> like, this, well. this week, the famous uh, agreement between uh, Turkey, Russia, and Ukraine on uh, uh, unblocking the grain export for Ukraine, mm-hmm. which is a very particular discussion. Uh, we're still seeing the narrative for, for, from Putin, which is uh, technically uh, disinformation war, because he's still saying that uh, in order to release the Ukraine, uh, U- Ukraine export of grain, uh, the Western country has to lift sanctions on uh, um russian uh, commodities which don't exist i mean there's no sanction on uh, agri commodities uh, mm. to russia it's uh, it's more complicated and that's basically the whole system of sanctions is creating a problem with uh, uh, shipping uh, any kind of cargo from russia and uh, and so basically it's, uh, you have this this unbalanced uh, exchange uh, because it's not Ukraine wheat for uh, Russian wheat. It's basically Ukraine wheat for all the sanctions in Russia. Mm. Uh, so you're going you're gonna to hear a lot about that on the media. Uh, beware of, uh, of the Russia narrative because it's actually um, again, it's, it's, uh, it's some kind of propaganda. Mm. Uh, so, and again, there are, there are also other important issues yeah. like the droughts. Yeah, uh, definitely. I was going to say the Ukraine war has definitely changed the way that, you know, it's not going to be the normal Russell summer with this big pause and there's still going to be a lot of stuff going on. And the same with not just the Ukraine war we're trying to contend with here, but also with all of these uh, 
extreme climatic conditions we're dealing with. So we've seen this. Uh, everyone, anyone, well, uh, most people across Europe actually have been struggling with a heat wave this week. Um, but the, this heat wave, I mean, obviously, of course, it has a direct impact on the agriculture sector, but also comes after months for some countries of very low rainfall. And actually, drought was um, a key theme on uh, in the EU uh, agricultural ministers meetings that happened last week. Um, there was actually something put forward by Hungary, who was raising the issue of drought and saying that they, they've got extreme circumstances in Hungary. Um, they're worried they will lose their production, their agricultural production will be affected in all um, sectors in Hungary. That's what they were saying. They were asking for extra support. They were asking for, as well, um, you know, the ability to have more flexibility on the common agricultural policy to help cope with the drought. And actually, last week, um, there was this report that came from the European Commission that actually highlighted that it's not just Hungary and it's not just um, select certain EU countries, but actually just under half of the EU's territory is actually at risk of severe and prolonged drought. Um, and, you know, of course, this comes on the back, we've already spoken about Ukraine, but this comes on the back of the fact that farmers have been trying to plant out everything uh, to get as much production as possible this year to try and help plug the gap by the left, left by the Ukraine war. Um, Imagine the, the minister, the Spanish minister, uh, Luis Plana, said that uh, um, basically the... We're going to talk about that uh, later on, but there were some derogation to the common agricultural policy, particularly the environmental condition, mm -hmm. so they were a bit relaxed. So in order to produce more, and actually the these addition uh, weren't enough to increase the, the actual production. Well, actually, the drought cancelled out uh, any extra gains that you know the farmers. Yeah, indeed. And then, uh, you mentioned the the report from the uh, Joint Research Center, Research Center from the European Commission. There was another one, uh, another the the output from the Commission two weeks ago saying that. Uh, Mm. Uh, basically revising the estimates for the agricultural production. Uh, they, they were basically forecasting 2.5% um, lower expectation when it comes to the, the cereal production. Mm. Basically, you can plant as much as you want, but water is the limiting factor here, yeah. or one of the main limiting factors. You don't have any water, you can't produce, you can't do anything. And actually, the report, this JRC report that you know we were talking about, also, it says that basically this is something that's just going to get worse. You know, they're yeah. saying there's been an upwards trend of drought hazards um, over the last, because this is a monthly report, right? And it's saying that increasingly they're seeing this upward trend. Um, and, you know, they're talking about this being a prolonged issue you know, for months, even years. You know, we're really talking about how we're going to cope with water management. It's a key, a really key theme in yeah, agriculture. Yeah. And it, it, the same for the outlook. We talk. We we talked about that in the last, the latest episode of uh, the Agrifood podcast. Uh, basically, the drop in cereal production can be even worse if the current adverse weather conditions will continue, mm. and they're actually continuing. So, um, yeah, we've we've been talking a lot about the war and the uh, the impacts on uh, commodity markets but uh, we probably let's not forget climate change uh, absolutely because it's actually affecting quite a lot already he already did but uh, it's affecting the this year production agricultural production mm. uh, we mentioned the derogations mm -hmm, to the did. common agricultural policy there was a there was another um, discussion uh, among the ministers this week, mm -hmm. uh, last week, 
and um, what happened? Well, so as you said, we've already had these delegations plant uh, approved for this year, for 2022. And you briefly mentioned it, but I'll just say it again. So the delegations from certain environmental requirements in the common agricultural policy, specifically on crop rotation and on use of fallow land. So fallow land is land set aside, um, farmland that's set aside purely for environmental purposes. And basically this year, it's, it was kind of a question of, right, Ukraine war, all systems go. We're going to plant out every scrap of land that we can. And there's really this, this impetus for farmers to plant as much as they can to try and plug the, the gap. Because, uh, as you were saying, I mean, this is the part of the common agricultural policy is the previous, uh, pro- it's the current program, so not mm. the new cap, mm-hmm. dealing with the famous ecological focus area. So uh, these farmers are basically paid uh, for putting uh, forward yeah. this, uh, this environmental uh, yeah environmental mm-hmm. practices that are uh, beneficial for soil health for instance mm-hmm. lack of protection protection for biodiversity, for biodiversity. So these things you're actually paid mm. for uh, uh, to do these good it, things. it's part of the green of the mm. we can say the grandfather no, grandfa- the father of the eco schemes but it's the, the eco schemes is the the new greening uh, yeah the agricultural policy but indeed there will be the new common agricultural policy starting from mm-hmm. uh, well from january 2023 so long as everything gets approved and everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> very bumpy yeah, anyone listening to our podcast this whole time will know it's been a bumpy bumpy ride to get here but yeah. anyway n- normally it'll you know it'll start from january 2023 yeah. um and actually the eu agri ministers this uh, last week they were calling for this derogate these derogations to be extended into 2023 so they were all saying that actually you know we need to we need to continue doing this and also an extension of this derogation uh, to file of land requirement uh, will have a bigger impact because in the new commercial policy rules uh, the crop rotation is applied on uh, more arable lands and uh, we're talking about 90 percent of arable land that will be affected which is a bit, uh, which is greater than uh, than uh, what actually happens with the uh, the current problem. So um, not everyone is in favor, I'd say, in the commission. Uh, but uh, it's also true that uh, it's quite frequent. It's quite frequent in uh, in the commission to have, uh, as I said, different souls, different uh, uh, push. Let's say. Actually, there were some more CAP news as well that came out of the uh, came out of the meeting of EU agriculture ministers. Um, so there was actually confirmation from the from EU agriculture commissioner Janusz Wojciechowski that uh, five member states have actually um, kicked off. They're going to launch the official approval process for their CAP plans. So that is Portugal, Poland, Spain, Denmark, and France. Um, and actually, there are more on their way as well. Um, so he said that he estimated around ten member states may submit a new version of their plan before the summer break. Um, and of these first ones that have been the, the official approval process has started for um, the process is expected to take around about six weeks so we can expect the first adoption decisions will fall in early December it's done it's done, it's done, it's done. I mean this is you know it's going to come as a really welcome news that this is actually moving forward um, for at least some countries because there has been so much concern especially from the farming community who all really you know they've, they've had a really consistent line the whole time and said these plans need to be approved by summer. 
But of course, there's been so many setbacks with the Ukraine war with everything going on, everything has to, all the plans have to be rewritten. But, you know, the commission has said they'll be approved by the end of the year. That's not left most stakeholders very happy because they obviously have to prepare for January, right? You can't just like approve a plan on the 31st of December and then farmers are on the 1st of January like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's plant all this stuff. You know, they need to organize, they need to plan, they need to have some kind of certainty. Um, but it, it is a positive step that some of these, it looks like some of these plans are on their way to approval. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's also just to close the agriculture chapter, there was also an interesting debate on the um, new pesticide framework uh, that was presented to um, three weeks ago by the commission uh, and was presented again to the agricultural ministers by food safety commissioner uh, Stella Kirakides. To be fair, the reaction from member states, uh, they actually criticized uh, some of the um, aspects of the revision um particularly the one dealing with uh, with the uh, total ban in the protected protected area total ban of pesticides in protected areas because uh, this is an issue of certain countries in which uh, arable land are included in these uh, natura 2000 areas and in protected areas this is the case of spain for instance or also uh, slovenia slovenia is probably the the biggest arable land um, in a Natura 2000 area in Europe. And uh, this is a, a controversial point for them. But another one is the request that already came from the member states before the presentation of the uh, new framework of considering uh, who performed well in the past uh, few, few years when it comes to the use of pesticides. Uh, because uh, the commission introduced a parameter, which is basically the intensity, but this concept of intensity, how much pesticide you bought, basically, in this uh, in the in the past five years, is contested by the member states because they were actually um, considering uh, not the purchases but the actual use. So how how much pesticide you used on the fields. The commission probably say well, it's absolutely difficult to, to assess this kind of stuff. Probably it's, it's better to see uh, how much you you uh, purchased. So it's going to be an interesting debate. To be fair, it seems more heated than it actually is. It looked more heated than it actually is because I mean, in the end, every proposal from the commission received the same uh, the same uh, the same reaction from the member states on. Uh, you know, basically, all member states always say that the proposal from the commission cannot be accepted as it is because they they're basically lawmakers and uh, they have uh, the role of amending amending. Mm, they have to negotiate. Yeah, they're not going to be like, yeah, that seems that seems great. Let's just go with that. They have to push there. And also, I mean, it, it was a bit quite of um, not exceptional, but uh, I was actually quite surprised that the commission admitted when they presented the uh, revision, that they took already into consideration the complaint of member states, because you probably remember uh, if you're reading our uh, newsletter, we also um, uh, flagged it uh, when there was, uh, when we had a breakfast with the uh, Czech agriculture minister, he basically said that uh, um, the, the, the commission should have 
taking into account uh, uh, the national aspect. So diversify instead of having a general uh, general um, target to diversify, uh, considering, for instance, the intensity of pesticides that have already used, the, the progresses that have, that have been made by certain countries compared to others. And uh, a new official, uh, when we uh, when when the revision was presented, uh, confirmed to the press that uh, they took into consideration this kind of complaints even before filing, before before presenting the mm -hmm. the proposal, which is basically sneaky. Yeah, the action of lawmaker even before the initiative, the legislative initiative. They didn't say anything uh, about whether they listened to anyone from the parliament. Uh, yeah, for instance, one could say this. And also, and again... The just stirring, just stirring the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the complaints from the council were basically the same as before. Right? So, in the end... Uh, kind of like they have two shots at their lobbying, really, though. They're doing it before and Which and is basically one of the most... Uh, and I think that the... the new commercial policy implementation system, this one with the strategic plans, that actually reinforce the ties between the Commission with Brussels and the capitals, because of course the European Parliament is not included in these uh, talks. And uh, and actually we can run the, the, the risk of uh, nationalization of the commercial policy, which was one of the um ghosts let's say when, when it was presented the the beast that they wanted to avoid uh, i remember i had an interview when i was a, a baby reporter uh, with <laughs> phil hogan the agriculture commissioner and uh, the, the main issue at the time was basically how to avoid nationalization the nationalization of the, the cap Mm. And you would say, no, no, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. But yeah, it's basically increasing the connection between member states and, uh, and, um, and Brussels. Mm. Well, as we're bringing uh, this podcast, uh, another season of the Agri-Food podcast to a close, just thought we'd take a moment to, uh, to do a shout out to our loyal listeners and just say that if you ever have any kind of feedback for us anything you'd like to hear uh, us talk about on the podcast or something a topic we haven't explored yet maybe or perhaps you even want to come and feature on the podcast and come and talk to us we're very open to it so do get in touch we do have a dedicated email that's podcast at youractive.com um or you can reach out to us on twitter you know do let us know if uh, if you like what we're doing, if you want us to do more of something or less of something. Um, and also we thought we would take the opportunity uh, also to introduce you to or alert you to the fact that we have a very exciting new venture happening at your active. So we actually have a, a guest for this part. We do have a guest. Um, Gilda, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, thanks. So, um, yeah, you kept me till the end as a secret. <laughs> we saved the best till the end. <laughs> Yeah, so um, hi everyone, I'm health reporter at Euractive. Um, yeah, and uh, from September, we're thinking to launch a health podcast. Ooh. So stay tuned for it. And um, it's basically the, the, the sister of the. I knew you were about <laughs> to say that. Trud is obsessed with these like family analogies. 
going to be the sister of the agri-food podcast. Very exciting. Of course, it is really relevant for everyone listening because there's so many bits that kind of cross over from health and agri. So I reckon we'll be doing different collaborations, exploring lots yeah, of interesting topics. Yeah, just sometime topics. in the editorial meeting, we fight for stories. No? Like, for <laughs> anti-microbiotic season, we're going to take... <laughs> literally fight, but... Uh... That's that's basically my role. So this bit set. So this is your moment to plug your podcast. Do you have anything? Why should people listen to your podcast? Yeah, just uh, I mean, if you're interested in the health beat in Brussels, um, stay tuned for everything: COVID news, monkeypox, AMR. Ooh. Um, just bring everything, you know. Everything, everything. <laughs> Lots of. We will cover everything, and uh, yeah, as Natasha was saying about. Um, um, you know, being approachable. So we are very approachable as well. And please drop us a line uh, if you have some ideas, if you have um, some wishes for the upcoming podcast, please let us know. Very exciting stuff. And uh, since, since we're there, you can also subscribe to the Health Brief uh, newsletter. This is turning into just like a health like advert. Yeah. That's like podcast. You can subscribe to both the health and agri food. Yeah, brief. Of course, but our listeners are. Uh, <laughs> already subscribed they do have a very excellent health brief as well weekly health brief free straight to your inboxes so do be sure to check that out and with that um we have to wish you all a nice summer and we will well not see you but we will be back in the studio (laughs) back in september so thanks for sticking with us this season and we'll see you for season four so that's all from us this week. And this week, like every week, the Euractive Agri-Food podcast was produced by Euractive's Agri-Food news team. That's Natasha Foote and Gerardo Fortuna with the assistance of Evie Curie. And this podcast is also available on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Stitcher and Spotify. Be sure also to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest agriculture news from the EU. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. Thanks for listening and see you in September.